Uh, thank you, my dude, for coming on. Jimmy Mura. Mura, excuse me. Mura. Yeah. Uh, Mura. Yeah, I don't know why I said that. Um, <laughs> we have uh, collaborated in the past uh, when you would host the shows. You're the director of the clubhouse. You've had it around for quite some time. Um, and you are highly involved in the local scene uh, with tiers one and two, like the starter up bands and the bands that are starting to get a lot more attention as they tour, whether it's DIY or when they're getting support from a label or a team to get them um, marketed and out there as a career worth, career worthy, uh, career worthy in the industry. So, I mean, you look great, dude. It's been a minute since I've seen you and the clubhouse is doing pretty well during the pandemic. That's awesome. We're trying. Yeah. <laughs> um, you guys definitely um, in the early days when you started doing this, I, I met you back in 2016, 2017, and we had you hosted a Halloween party at a boathouse in a sense, and uh, it was free, and that place was fucking packed, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, that, that spot was so cool. Um, that spot is actually on the road that I live on. Um, and I used to love throwing shows there. Those three shows were really sick, and that's actually where we got the name from the clubhouse because the whole neighborhood calls that that building that I used to host shows at the like the clubhouse. It's like the community clubhouse. Mm-hmm. So that's where we got the name for the clubhouse when we moved to the other to like our own spot and stuff like that. Yeah, you actually went through and trademarked it. It seems like, or you got a nonprofit. You turned into a nonprofit yeah, we're, business. Yeah, we're um we're a, no- a legal five hundred one c three nonprofit. Um, everything's you know above board and registered. We, I was gonna say we pay our taxes, but we don't because we're a nonprofit. But, right, exactly. Um, but we we don't pay our taxes legally. So mm-hmm. now, what was what was the um thought going behind that? Like, what's the benefits you're getting out of it? Because I'm curious, because I have no idea, honestly. Yeah, so um, I loved throwing those shows at like this little community place, and I've done like VFW shows and like church church shows and stuff like that a bunch mm-hmm. in this area, and I've always loved them and I've always had a good time with them. And uh, it just, I got tired of that stuff falling apart. Like you, you'd open a venue, you'd open a venue quote where you could do stuff right. for for a few like months or maybe a few, and like then the neighbors would get mad and then like you wouldn't be able to do them there anymore. Like the firehouse would be like, ah, we don't want to do punk shows here or whatever. And like, I just wanted a spot that like we could do those types of shows that like people were really hyped about, like that, like DIY style show in this area and do it in a way that wouldn't get shut down. You know, that Mm -hmm. was the thinking behind it. Um, And I just feel like, there is a lot of great music in the in the Ocean County area. I mean, I love Asbury. I love Monmouth County and stuff too. But they've got so many places to play. And I feel like Ocean County just uses the same places to play. Like everyone just drives up to Asbury, even if you're an Ocean County band. And then the thing we didn't anticipate when we opened is that I didn't think about how few venues there are south of Ocean County also. Mm. Um, so like we get a lot of bands – that go like further west on route 70 and like a lot of south jersey bands come up to the clubhouse all the time and sort of like it's sort of their home too because there aren't a lot of venues like this down below asbury at all Mm. and i just feel like we were fulfilling a niche plus we're close enough to asbury to get all those bands too so it's pretty cool yeah it's a good collaborative effort i mean and especially when bands i mean i'm not a big fan of the ticket sales i mean it depends on like the venue and who you're opening up Mm. for or i mean back in the day when it first 
when I first started getting involved as a teenager, like trying to play shows, it was more of a competition of whoever can sell the most tickets will, you know, further, you know, uh, go on the lineup. Um, and then, you know, usually bands are buying their own tickets or, I mean, you're not getting much money from it or you are getting money from it. Like the percentages were very just all over the place, no matter what, it just depended on the promoter and the show that you went to. But I, I thoroughly enjoy more of the shows that like you host in a sense where you're, you know, not trying to push these, you know, sales or you're trying to build the community in itself. Like that's what basically matters. What matters is everybody like actually enjoying the actual, the, the, the vibe of what the show is going to be. And furthermore, you know, who's coming out and like just enjoying a really good show instead of, I don't know, like trying to get friends and colleagues out, you know, spend $15, $20, $17 on a ticket. Like, yeah, I mean, my feeling is like, like we're, we really exist like to like build these bands and help them like get to whatever levels they want to go. Like we really like want to help bands gain a following, gain a community. And my view on it is like the best way to do that is just to build shows people actually like want to attend. Like, yeah, seriously. Yeah. I mean, like, especially because it could be cool to, like, play a packed show with, like, a lot of people that you sold tickets to. But at the end of the day, if, like, you forced a bunch of people who aren't in the scene to come out, that's that doesn't, in the long run, impact anything. Like, that doesn't – they're not – they're there to see you, and that's great, and, like, that's totally cool. But, like, they're not going to become fans of the other bands that are there. It's not going to, like, build – build a scene you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yeah it's like they'll Um, show up as well and then they'll leave once you're done playing it's like i saw my friend's band play and that's it yeah that doesn't help anybody yeah and i loved doing those free shows because like we did free shows for a long time at the old spot that i was that i was running and like that was where i saw what this area's scene could be like because they were free and people the only people that were there were the people that wanted to go you know like there was no ticket sales and it was like oh there's something here and then we tried to apply as many of those ethos as we could into the clubhouse of Tom's river when we, when we opened, I mean, to this day, like we have a, a policy, like we do charge for our shows, but well, we course. also have a policy of like, no one gets in for, like no one, um, no one gets turned away for lack of funds. Like if, mm-hmm. if you can't do it, like you're, you're able to come in unless we're like sold out. Like, cause we really, we want to be able to like make that happen, make people, engage in a scene and and like build fans for these bands and stuff like that and you guys also have bills to pay and you guys also or girls whoever's working for you or under you or with you like everybody you know is you know everybody has bills to pay it's your time um your energy your effort your passion for it um right. we don't really i i don't really see um a lot of uh like-minded people like you actually doing that i mean when i talked to matt from a will away he said the scene like in his local scene in connecticut is completely trash and he loves you know, coming to Jersey. And I was like, no way, uh-huh. really? You know? So it's this, you know, we have that here. I mean, I think Jersey has been one of the more predominant, like prominent, uh, you know, music scenes in the world. I mean, we can just yeah. start naming like every single band that came from New Jersey. Um, however, there's also, you know, you're, you're putting yourself in the middle spot, like you said, where you have these, you know, you're in between venues and people can also play, you know, they can come from Ocean County and then also attend that scene and everything which is which is which is incredible and you guys have a you you know you have a venue i'm sure you have to pay rent and yeah you know, so i mean I, like you have to sell tickets like that's inevitable you know what i mean right. like exactly. but this the, the thought of when you started it out the you slowly built the tier of the community and now it's like coming full you know coming forward and everything and uh you have a good team with you don't i think you have like 
we talked earlier before we started streaming, like you had a videographer and photographer um, who yeah. you guys are trying to implement live streaming soon with everything going on with COVID. Um, and then who else do you have with you, you know, throughout the whole team in itself? Yeah. So our main team, we've got a couple people that, that do, that do stuff at the clubhouse. I'm the director there. I handle most of the booking and stuff like that. We've got Matt McNabb who works with us, who is pretty much my, like, my partner in everything he he helps he runs the clubhouse with me um and he handles everything from ticket sale to from like like being the door person um to running sound sometimes he runs shows when i'm not there uh he's he's second in command we have cassie provenzano with us who helps run the store um we have a little store also that sells local artwork from local artists in our store that's so fucking um, cool too yeah this just does like another way to like you know build the community build like a seat build like a a relationship with artists in this area and like we do it on consignment so they leave stuff and then they give us a very small amount of their of the proceeds from it and then we sell their stuff for them uh and we keep all that stuff in the back of the venue so people can like shop a little bit between bands and things like that Um, so Cassie runs the store and everyone does everything. Like, like we all like for what we're doing right now, we're doing these drive-in shows. Everyone is like working together to build the stage and like help set up these things each Sunday. We also have Jeff Coverstone who shoots amazing photos for us in the normal time and is helping us do volunteer work right now. And so is, um, Rob Nivison does a lot of cool stuff too. And then Chris, Chris does all of our video and is absolutely incredible and is like, been able to help us build an online presence which is super cool i mean i know a lot of people don't like there's still a lot of people who are nervous about things like drive-in shows and stuff like that and that chris has helped us make an online version of those that are really high quality so people that are that want to see something from home they still have an option and we're also going to get into live streaming and some other stuff with them soon too so that's the that's the main crew we also have uh adriana and joe work uh adriana slomich and joe de stefano work with us a lot too on a volunteering level and right now um we we're working toward one like toward paying people we sometimes pay our door person a little bit and stuff like that but right now and has been the whole time the clubhouse has been open uh everyone's here on a volunteer basis so um including myself so it's all it's all volunteer that's so fantastic dude and you guys are honestly i mean doing everything right i mean the content looks great the socials look great the logos look great um the one thing i liked in the beginning that you guys jumped right into um before this whole fucking pandemic happened was you guys were bringing live studio sessions uh to the viewers on social media i mean that that quality is, is there too so i mean are you not doing the engineering? Do you got somebody else doing that? You know what I mean? Uh, I, I'm mixing the... You're the, mixing? Yeah, I'm mixing those videos and Chris does all the video work. That's so fucking cool. Yeah, so I mean like and you just had, you know, did, I'm sure you played it out on the table and like, let's implement everything and, yeah, and, and just keep going. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've worked professionally as like a sound engineer and in, in, in production for a few years before I opened the clubhouse and like, I really just wanted to bring a lot of those skills to the like to this diy level was Mm -hmm. sort of my thinking and then i mean we did like one or two live streams or not live streams like those studio sessions and we were doing it ourselves with cameras and like i was paying a separate editor and then chris just like emailed us and was like hey can i do those with you and we were like hell yeah and like chris it's like chris is a producer of that like of that whole video series now like all of our video content and he's done such an amazing job and uh, Mike Seltzer works with him too, just to give him credit for for his video work. 
Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and you're building an aesthetic with it. But I don't see a lot of like live in studio. I mean, I see more of it now with the pandemic going on. But before everything started, I mean, you know, one of the bigger ones was like Audio Trigger or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, um, we like when we were when we had our store open, we would keep our store open during the day and then do shows at night. And we just would sit in there watching audio audio trees all day. And we were like, we could do these. Like, we could do these. Right. I, 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 we, we knew we could do them. I knew I had, like, the the production level to do the audio end of it. And I feel like that's half the battle. Like, that that is half the battle. Mm-hmm. Um. So we – and I thought, like, how cool would it be to give this to local bands, to give this to, like, bands that are just starting out to put in their portfolio when they, like, email people asking for shows and say, like, this is what we sound like live. Like, I thought that would be a really cool thing to do. No, that is great because you're you like you said you're giving them more of an opportunity to take advantage of that, and right. like, not a lot of bands get that. Um, and now you know with like implementing live, I mean that's also I've seen a couple um stuff on Instagram where I first I don't know I think it's a personal opinion of mine, but I don't think Instagram Live is the most efficient way to go because I see a lot of these bigger um artists like just or or musicians like so like not solo artists but like like a drummer in a band that they'll they'll do an Instagram Live like let's say they have I don't know like. 250,000 followers and then I only see roughly mm, like a thousand watching I'm like I wonder if Facebook's more efficient I wonder if Twitch is like more the, efficient I feel like the nature of Instagram is so like you go to it for short bursts is, is sort of my thinking yep and that, like you don't you don't watch a 30 minute live session on Instagram or th- that's just my like my view I'm also like learning that I'm I mean I'm not old but I'm, I'm getting older <laughs> like <laughs> Like people are like Twitch, and I'm like, what's wrong with YouTube? Like, do I have to learn a new thing? Like, <laughs> right, yeah. Um, and my producer that I, I have on the side who does a lot of help with this uh, podcast and everything, and he said to stream solely on Twitch. He's like, and he's right. I've seen it. I've seen it work in this way. He's like, if you if you go on YouTube, like, yeah, someone will be able to tune in and stuff, but. I mean, they're not going to, I think they get a notification if I go live. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure that's the thing. But he said, if people really give a shit about what you're doing, they'll go on Twitch and they'll yeah. actually watch it. I was like, okay, that makes sense. And then he's like, then you upload everything to all the other streaming platforms. I'm like, okay, and, it, and it's working. So I'm just going to keep continuing to do that. But I'm trying to find the most, like, I, I'm just thinking of the most ideal um, live streaming. But you're right, like, in short bursts, like, maybe short interviews. Like, short interviews with, like, yeah. 15 and 20 minutes on Instagram. That's totally work. But I've seen, like, where they go for hours. I'm like, I don't know if people have the attention span on something like that platform. I think it would be more for Twitch where you can pull it up on a TV. You can pull yeah, it up we on do- a we were doing like the Instagram takeovers and those were like short and those worked really well on Instagram. Like that was, See, that's the thing. That was yeah. cool. They're short, sweet. And it's like to the point and it's like coming up next, you know, and was yeah. that, were you guys performing that on the IG live? Like performing live gigs? What we would do, we would do an Instagram takeover. And what we would do is we would give the band a, like a, a personal login. Like we would change the password for the day mm-hmm. and they would get the whole platform from 12 to eight. They could post up to three posts on our main page and then everything else was in the story and they would do whatever they wanted. It's like win-win. You honestly yeah. can't like, I don't know. There's no way you can, um, you can, you know, lose from that situation. And you guys have also taken the advantage of doing the drive-in concerts and yes. in the community, it has been very well recognized and everybody sees what you're doing and it's fucking fantastic. Uh, it's Thank just <laughs> like, like we need something. We need some live entertainment now. I get it. It's not the same feeling as a live concert. It might be a little dry considering it's you're in your car and 
I don't know if you guys are implementing radios or I'm sure it's just we are you are yeah so you're implementing yeah. the radio and it's like you can you can bump and do like you know jamming your car and stuff but it's not the same but how has that from you personally being involved with something like that how have you seen that work out I mean it's been awesome like it has exceeded all of our expectations as to how popular it would be and how desired it would be um and and honestly like the product itself like the what what we are giving at the end of the day like i feel like it's a lot better than i expected like i i it's not it's not a it's not a show in a venue like it's not but i mean it is by far the closest thing that i have experienced since this pandemic thing started um we take a lot of precautions to make sure things are happening safely um the here i'll should i just take you through like how they work essentially Dude, for sure First, yeah honestly sure. yeah so Pop off, so man. yeah so what we do is we book these drive-in shows uh they're every sunday they're free um in downtown tom's river and what we do is we book usually one full band and one acoustic act solo act sometimes we book two full bands if like they can share a lot of gear and we'll book two of those bands it goes from 6 to 7 30 and cars start coming in at 5 30 we park them we we give them all a good view everyone has to stay in their cars windows can't be cracked more than three inches and if you open them more than that you have to wear a mask um and then yeah you tune in on your radio you'll hear music before the band starts playing like we have like a house music playlist and then I just come around, I make announcements about how, and, and this is great too. We got an anonymous donor who um, is matching all of the donations to the clubhouse during the series to the organization Color of Change, which um, is an organization that like seeks to end like police brutality, um, which is really great. So yeah, I mean, we, so what we do is we basically, it's all free, but it's donation based. And we ask people to donate via Venmo or PayPal. And from there, the bands just like the bands play. It comes over your radio in your car. People honk for applause. The bands love it. I mean, it feels it's it's different for sure, and it's weird like that. There's no one in front of them when they're performing, but like, I mean, it's a good quality show, and it like, and it's it's short and sweet and like to the point. Like, we don't have bathrooms, so like we do have the we do have to like compress the whole thing to an hour and a half and like not push it in either direction because of like our lack of facilities and be able to like accommodate the things that we typically would be able to, cause it's not in our own parking lot. It's in a random parking lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, people have been super receptive to it. People have really, really enjoyed it. It's a great way to spend like a late afternoon and it wraps up like right before sunset. And, Oh, that's gotta be a good view. Yeah. 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 I mean, the videos look really good. Chris loves it because like, it's like right in that golden hour. So he's uh... filming during <laughs> that's tight yeah that's like a photographer's like wet dream in a sense like that right that, yeah. that hour yep basically mm-hmm. as soon as we as for me like as soon as we put like the last thing in the car it's like right when i have to turn my headlights on that's like the time how it breaks down so like that's been pretty so like the timing of it has been really cool and like people love it like people have been like going crazy for it i mean there there are a lot of cars like this is something we don't see typically during like the normal times when we're open yeah we have people that are coming that don't care what bands are playing like they just are coming every sunday because they want to see something you know Mm -hmm. they want to get something out there i mean this is the new normal 
Yeah, this is the yeah. new normal, and we're definitely, you know, um, I can't figure out the word for it, but we're definitely uh, just going with it. Like, what else yeah. are we supposed to do? Yeah. Got I mean, we we definitely got, like, started implementing doing these much earlier than a lot of people, um, but in all likelihood, I think we're going to be doing these for a long time. Mm. You're also um, doing it correctly, like, through yeah, through it. That's it, the other it, thing, too. Like, I, other people have done, been doing it, but I don't see them doing, you know, the actual setup of how to fully get the full experience of something like that but you guys are doing it right i've been researching these um i went to some other ones i'm not going to name names um but where there have been significant uh things that concern me um on the social distancing front Mm. and i mean like there, there was that like chain smoker show the other day that like made a lot made like big news that made big news. I don't know if you saw that. No, inform me real quick. And everybody's yeah, listening. So, so there was this chain, chain smoker show that happened like last weekend. Um, and it was supposed to be a drive-in show, mm-hmm. but people just like wound up getting out of their cars and hanging out in front of the stage. And like, there was like a big crowd in front of the stage and it like was a complete failure. Yeah. It's fucking um, ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. It was in New York and like governor Cuomo even like said, said stuff about it. Um, yeah. So it was a, it was a mess, but I mean, I've, I've been to a few others too. And there's, and like, I've been to one where like, where my family and I went to a drive-in show for like a bigger band and, um, like we couldn't even see the stage like at all. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, so what are you watching? Literally at all. So like we were just sitting in our car listening to an FM transmission of like a lot, a band playing live, which like, cool. I mean, it was something to do that day, but I couldn't see the Mm -hmm. stage at all. Uh, and, and I feel like we're, we're offering I think like pretty close to the best we can possibly do at the level that we're doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I'm, and we're really trying to like streamline the process and get really used to it because I think, because we're doing it every Sunday until I haven't announced this yet technically, but we're doing it at least until the end of October. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. No, into the fall season. Yeah. And just keep, just keep going. I mean, November is, is up in the air just because of weather Mm -hmm. um, because of how it might be. But I think that the likelihood is like we're probably gonna be back doing these in March or April, yeah, uh, and or at least we have to be prepared for such a thing. I I I think that you're on the right track because I honestly personally don't believe, and these are some of the high executive guys that are also in the industry that own festivals or they are a part of booking and such. But there's they're saying there's a, a an idea of it resuming probably around late 2021 early 22 because of the fact that we're literally the last like entire industry to go back to normal when it's okay to go back to normal and beyond that like i'm i'm part of the organization nato um which is the national oh god i should know i should know this but i don't because i'm awful (laughs) nato national independent neva sorry geez i'm like i haven't that that shows how how much i'm doing that's the same um, thing yeah you're honestly you have a lot on your plate so let your brain like yeah. you know skip a couple beats you know what i mean a lot of people have probably seen like the hashtag save our stages and mm-hmm. there's this organization neva the national independent venue association that is working to um protect independent live music venues during this pandemic. i did see that yeah i mean the chameleon club was something that um yeah. has also been a part of it yeah i mean i'm a huge fan of that club and everything else that's like around the area yeah the East i mean Coast. there's that like this is like a huge national thing and they're they're pushing for like bills to get through um the house through the congress and stuff like that about 
about how they can protect these types of organizations. And like just in my internal conversations with people in those groups and stuff like that, it not only does it look like the regular, does it look like true touring and stuff is going to come back in like late 21 or um, 22 in some cases, but the, the likelihood of small, like the smaller the venue is, the harder it's going to be to do it safely because if you have a big venue, you can like spread people out and you might have some space to charge a bit more for tickets, but put people in like pods or like, like six feet apart and stuff. Right. But like, I mean, for anyone that's been to the clubhouse, it is, it is not a big place. <laughs> and uh, so we're going to, everyone has to just be prepared for this to last as long as it needs to. Um, because we have, like, we have to keep people safe. Like, I, I get so angry at what I see sometimes because it's like, I, I know, like, I know firsthand. Like, I have a business that I that I run, um, but it's like not more important than anyone's life. Like, it just isn't. It's not. Uh, no. Yeah. There, and that's that's the <laughs> and that's the humane, you know, part of you. And then I see, you know, ugh, this is gonna make me throw up in my mouth a little bit. But you have Trapped and Smash Mouth throwing a concert. Smash Mouth, excuse me, that are throwing a concert that it doesn't require any social distancing, which doesn't require anything that is safety protocol with with wearing masks or being in public when everybody's around. It's insane. So it's that it's, sucks. I it's not like even Smash Mouth. A, I, I know, and I don't think they mean it, but I think this is also probably going on Trapped's doing because that guy is a well, is on the verge of... Insane. I mean, he's been digging his goddamn grave for the past like month now. I mean, he literally... Dude, and you know what I'm talking about. He literally yeah, thinks that he can... on social media has been like highlight <laughs> of my quarantine. Bro, that's like the highlight. It's like he thinks he can outplay Jason Richardson. I'm like, do you fucking know who this guy is? Like, he's on another planet of guitar. Like, that dude can like completely go up and down the fretboard of a guitar within like a matter of seconds. Bro, you're like still stuck on like the fifth chord by the time he gets all the way down. What are I you liked doing? his fight with Ice Cube, which was or Ice T, Ice T or Ice Cube. I think it was Ice T. But um, it, like, it just oh my god, talking about their streaming numbers and stuff. They're it just, like <laughs> fighting with people in Facebook comments. Like it's just like no, like not even like names in Facebook comments, and it has just been <laughs> so fun to watch. What, That's what a are you doing? Like I don't. That's a Smash Mouth, though. <laughs> yeah, Smash Mouth. I mean, I hope they get their shit together because I like them too. So it's just yeah, maybe. I actually saw them like a couple years ago. Yeah, no, they're good. I mean, and it's so funny because I went back. I mean, I never used to like if I if they were on a mix CD or if they were on God, this sounds so old. If they were on a um, if the now that's what I call it, music twelve, yeah. or if they were on uh, the track soundtrack, the track soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, it's like so if they were if I heard them, I wouldn't. You know, I definitely listened to them. And then the fact yeah. that uh, I watched an old music video and they had a lot of like famous actors like Ben Stiller. and Yeah, um, I, I had the Astro Lounge CD um, that – wait, is that – yeah, I, I had that one and the one sure that, that Walking one. on the Sun was on. And I like listened to them a lot. I mean I was like six, but like I loved them. Like I thought they were great. Yeah, and they're, and they're still, you know, being – highly active and i mean yeah. they, they know like that they were a meme for a little bit and they take that with great pride so yeah i saw them Fair play with the, with the gin blossoms a few years ago and i love the gin blossoms i think they're excellent um and it was a fun show i mean like i watched it on like the asbury beach like i didn't pay for a ticket like you know when you like stay on like across and watch it from like the boardwalk yeah yeah that's pretty cool god like, yeah, like... But I thought it was fun no, that's fun. And like, I just, we're, we're trying our best to, I mean, I'm on the same page as you are. I mean, my, uh, uh, like 
the health of other human beings in itself is definitely something I take into consideration every day. Yeah. And, it's, and it's hard. And I try to ask everybody like, hey, how's everybody doing? How's the family doing? Because I don't know. Like, I mean, I'm not looking for specific details, but I just want to know, like, if you need anything, you know, let me know. I know some yeah. people want to talk or don't want to talk, but excuse me. I'm just saying it just for the aspect in itself. Like, I mean, we're going through a rough time and like w we can relay in this, the music industry is having a really, really hard time. And I'm trying to yeah. think of solutions of, I mean, we're doing, you're, you're literally the clubhouse and what you got and the whole group team is doing is honestly just implementing everything that you possibly can to make it a full efficient business as you know, during this unprecedented time. Um, and the one thing I really am trying to crack down on is because I, I think the underground bands would be okay. I mean, every underground band is a full-time job. Every underground band like might live with their parents. I don't know. I'm not I'm not speaking for everybody, but I'm just saying it in generalization. But like, if you're a tier two or tier three band and you're a DIY or or you're you have a small team behind you or you're you know not the super famous bands. Like I'm talking about like bands from like Rise Records or like right. Or, like right. for example, Dance Gavin Dance just did a live stream of Afterburner uh, for that CD release. How many more times can they do that in a month to, yeah. you know, to possibly have some kind of income? And people still bitched about $10 for a ticket sale to watch it live. I didn't give a fuck. I spent $10 on that. And then they gave me a discount on the vinyl for 22 bucks. So I don't give a yeah. shit. Like, so I, I bought that real quick. But what, what do we do? What is the solution? I think one of the solutions is that I've been thinking of is like vlogging, but that's a lot of effort and you have to really have the knowledge to do it or just have someone kind of come in and do it, like, and do it for you. I don't know. I'm trying to like, what and the also fuck the interest, like it's, I always think it's so, it's so interesting. Like what we expect of artists sometimes. Um, and like a lot of people that play music don't have any interest in doing something like that either. So like, it's like, right. I mean, surviving is is uh is an interest on its own but like but it is it is scary like it, it's it's genuinely terrifying like and i i don't know like for a lot of it and I, i've like we've we've like been talking about doing like some larger drive-in shows and like we've been reaching out to some some like some bigger bands like mid-level touring bands and stuff about doing them mm -hmm. and on top of that like logistically it is just so hard like we get a lot of times we're getting like yeses and interests and like people are expect expecting like, Oh yeah, we can do that. And then they like check the numbers. They check the ability to like get their staff out with them. Like there's like their TMs and like their, their audio people. And like, they look at it and they go, Oh wait, like we can't do it if we're not doing a whole tour. Like we can't do a one-off show mm -hmm. right now. Um, and that's been, that's been rough too. Like, I mean, like we have, like we've been, like talking to like the, those level bands, like pretty much since we started the drive-in series and like almost every time I get an immediate email saying like, yes, we would love to. And then like the numbers, we figure it out. And then it's like, Oh, right. Like we can't do it. Like the travel is too difficult, like, and potentially unsafe in some cases. So like, it's just not, it's really hard. Like, I mean, I have no idea. And then like the streaming and the vlogging and stuff like that, just a lot of people don't have, have interest or the inclination for it. Um, and, and like fans obviously feel like th they're not owed it a little bit, but like, you know, that there's no shows. They like want to have some sort of, uh, communication path. And it's, it's really hard. Like, I mean, I, I, I don't have an answer on it, you know? Yeah. It's, 
I don't think anybody does. I mean, like they'll, they'll sign up for Patreon and like do some exclusive content of behind the scenes. Like it's just literally yeah. picking up a video camera and recording and such. But there's it's it's not even oversaturated as what we're doing to keep our music out there. It's more so as an individual band. What more could you do to bring in a income, b views, c like some kind of like like a full-on grasp of entertainment like what are you doing differently to get the attention of a huge fan of yours i mean it i i don't know i just i'm just trying i every day i think about it every day i think about it i'm like hoping like that one band or one solo artist um that kind of finds like a pretty decent solution and then everybody goes along and starts doing it like i mean like when taylor swift was stuck up for the music industry in itself and she basically said no to spotify for you know taking her music and streaming it i mean that was a huge fucking you know that was a huge fucking round of applause for her because she looked yeah. out for the musicians and the music industry in itself so like you know something like that like we need somebody like to, to kind of i mean whoever it is just figure it out and then hopefully we can see what these bands or these these solo artists can do um because you can't tour you can't pay these tour managers and it's just not the bands it's just it's really not it's you said it's the tms it's the stage crew it's yeah. you know the marketers like what the fuck else are you supposed to do like how much can you market i mean i think fearless records did something right they did that live stream where they did you know they had their whole roster of bands on there and they played live and that was cool and it's like that, and that cool. was that was very hype in the very beginning like i watched it i've had a good time chunk no cabin chunk announced that they were going to come back and release a new album they never broke up they were just on a hiatus but how many times can you do that i yeah that they, they did it once thinking that you know it is a great idea to implement it but now it's like now what do they do i don't right. I, I don't fucking know i just and it's really hard too. like i mean that that like what you described is great with that record label but like for the most part all these bands are on their own now too, which in normal times you have a lot more like community and propping each other up. And like, like bands are supported by being opening acts and like by be and like now it's like exclusively like, it's really hard to reach anyone besides people that already care about you, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, um, you're absolutely right. So, so that, yeah, it, it, which it's, it's all just tricky. <laughs> yeah it is super tricky and um i don't know i just hope that there's going to be some kind of shift to benefit everybody i'm waiting for yeah. it i don't know what it is i wish i had the solution i wish i could just be like this is the answer and like even vlogging like it's just it's just it it helps but honestly what much can it do when somebody of that if you've been playing like drums your entire career and that's it like are you just gonna start picking up a camera and learn how to edit and film and do right. all that like what's the interest like what if you're not interested in it like like a perfect example was when vlogging was a huge thing and we the kings did it i think um charles trippy uh danny the drummer um i think they all started doing vlogging and it was cool and it helped but you know it's there's i don't know there's just so much there's, what can you honestly do it's just there's just so much um there's just so much that's going on to try to 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 wrap our heads around it but yeah, I don't know, but I mean, thank God, like you guys are doing something right, and hopefully that there's a lot of other uh, promoters and um, people who run shows that you guys are doing uh, that they kind of you know follow abide by um, how you guys go about it as well. Um, before the whole pandemic, I mean, you 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 started from the you know from scratch where you had a free venue and then you put it into an actual venue yourself, which it, I know we were talking about with the size. It kind of reminds me. I don't know if you've ever been in the Croc Rock downstairs. Like yeah, it's all very yeah, yeah. long, 
narrow yeah. um just space like just square footage like so that's cool that that gave me flashbacks when i saw like an instagram picture i was like oh that reminds me of the croc rock except place, really nice place closed now yeah um 100 yeah, right? yeah i mean i don't even have to google it or just i'm just saying it off the bat <laughs> like i know it's closed out as soon as they lost their liquor license that fucked oh, them yeah, up so I bad. That happening, yeah. Yeah, it was insane. If for nobody that for anybody that doesn't know, the Croc Rock was in Allentown, PA, and it was kind of like a rundown venue, but they had huge, huge acts come through. Like um, way too big for their venue. A lot yeah. of times, I would that had to have been the promoter, like through yeah. or through. There was no way. And I showed up to see a. I showed up to see Devil Wears Prada, and I forget the other bands in the lineup, but I just really wanted to see them. And as I lay dying, no, thank you. Uh-huh. Um anymore um but they 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 i think it was like last minute we got an email driving up to allentown and they said we're moving venues due to the fact that they don't have a liquor license and they can't sell liquor so we're gonna go to this club down the street and i was like this is like four hours before the show like i can't believe they're really doing this and then we went to this club that was like i guess the same size i mean you had to go up in this bar area to get drinks or whatever and people just hung out but that killed the Croc Rock. The Croc Rock lost her yeah. liquor license, and that just we're out the fucking door. I remember seeing like a bunch of scene bands there, like like that that era of bands. Like I think I saw like Rookie of the Year there, and like Forever the Sickest Kids, like that, that kind shit. of stuff. Dude, I I saw them in Bamboozle, Forever the Sickest Kids. They oh, actually I, put on a pretty I good saw show. them a bunch of times. <laughs> yeah, and somebody. I loved that record. No, me I too. Them- I saw them at the Ocean County Mall. <laughs> no shit. Oh, well, remember yeah. that was a thing? Yeah. God, Mrs. Days. Plain White Tees played the Ocean County yes! Mall. Yes. So did Forever the Sickest Kids. And yes. I don't know if anyone else did. Dude, I was fucking working at PacSun, having a good time. Like, just, oh, fucking Plain White Tees are playing? Yeah. Shit over there on my break. <laughs> Fuck it. And they only played three songs, but they played their best three songs. So, yeah. That's good. Fuck it. Um, yeah, the Croc Rock's still not a thing. And, um,. Oh, what was I going to say before that? Um, they they um they had something going. The Croc Rock did have something going, but yeah, the mall the mall shows were a thing. Oh, Forever the Sickest Kids. They um what really kind of blew my mind is they had Selena Gomez feature like early on in her career when she was still on yeah. Disney Channel. I was like, that's. I mean, it's, it's not great, but that whoa song, right? Whoa, yeah. whoa, oh. I was like, wow, this is nice. This is catchy. That was fun. <laughs> They were fun. Too. Yeah, they were fun days, dude, when we could actually enjoy live shows and hug each other and push each other around in a mosh pit. Um yeah. but th- that's the thing. So we don't like we don't have a solution. Thank God, like, you know, we can do our best to try to keep the industry moving forward. I mean, and especially with the ven- venues like the nonprofit that you guys are partnering with and the anonymous do- donor, that is really fucking cool. Yeah. That they did that. Yeah. Um, I just that's the other thing that's gonna be affected too is these venues because the only thing I can see them having uh, any kind of act coming through is like just comedians. I don't know what else you can really bring artistically, unless yeah. it's art shows. Like you, st- you like you have rows of lines, kind of like you go to the grocery store and you can only go one way during that down that aisle, and then you come down the other way out, and everybody's wearing masks. Like they do the same thing with an art show or, or comedians. I don't know, and it's insane. So you guys are. You know, with the clubhouse, everything in general that you guys are doing, like, what do you guys have holding for the future? Like, is there anything that you guys um, are going to try to accomplish? Um, like one thing that you guys were saying earlier was, or what you were saying earlier was the live streaming of performances for the artists and such. Yeah. So 
we're going to continue these la- these uh, drive-in shows for for the rest of the Sundays of the year, um, which are all booked up, by the way. Just so everyone knows, we get about like ten emails a day from bands asking to play them, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, it is incredibly limited. Um, it, it is just that's just the nature of it. It's very very difficult to um, accommodate everyone that wants to play when we're the only game in town in in this way. Yeah, seriously. Um, yeah. And I understand it. Like I, I don't, I don't fault anyone for it. But uh, I know some people get frustrated at us. They're like, "We had a show booked," and I'm like, "Everyone had a show booked." Like, I'm like, it, it is just hard. Um, but that said, we're going to continue the drive-in shows. We're testing out live streaming um, inside our venue this week. Um, I don't have the the details right away, but I think it's like August fifth or fourth okay. we're doing a, a live stream on 8 p.m we're probably going to put up a flyer like later today or something um and we're going to be testing live streaming and if it if it, everything works the way we expect it to uh we're going to start doing live streaming when we get into the colder months we're probably going to do in like september october like two live streams and one drive-in show every week and then move into maybe two or three live streams a week to replace the the void of the the drive-in shows once it gets cold Mm-hmm. which will be fun. I mean, we're really excited to do that. Chris Kunachek is going to be filming those. So his skills are imperative and incredible. Oh, yeah. um, he just literally yeah. gets better with every day. Like oh, yeah. he's, he's been doing it for, incredible. he hasn't even been doing it for that long, I, I believe. And he's already on a pretty solid level of production. Yeah, work. he does. He, and he does so much work and he's so fast. Like, like, yeah, um, that too. Yeah. All of our drive-in shows, like usually like, I don't know, like, we we do the shows and then we pack up the the truck like the car and stuff after we finish them and like we're like lifting like stage pieces and stuff so it's heavy mm-hmm. um and like chris helps with that too like he does like he like puts his camera equipment away and like helps us move the stage and by the time i'm like home and i've eaten dinner i usually have like the videos edited in my inbox <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like bro that, i didn't know it was that fast like i am i almost always get them like the same night all of the videos from the entire event like edited looking beautiful and then i'm like great i'm not gonna mix the music to go with this for like eight days so like thank you but i need some time (laughs) (laughs) especially Um, with a local scene like there's so many bands out there like i don't you'll you'll always have some kind of band coming through like yeah at all Um, times but it's great that he's that he's so fast and we're gonna be doing those live streams which we're super hyped about and then if if we can, um, in some of the downtime, like we want our live streams, we're not charging bands to do anything like that. That's we think that's silly. Um, but if like we wanted to do like live studio session or like studio session type stuff that's not live that people wanted to pay for in addition to our regular programming, um, like we might open that up. I really want to open up studio time for people because like we have all the gear. Um, offer like really cheap studio time compared to some other places and some maybe chris can help with some music video stuff we've been like talking about it we just haven't figured out the logistics of it yet um and we're probably going to start doing that Mm -hmm. once we get the live stream settled so yeah i mean follow us on instagram the clubhouse tr is the best way to keep everything up to date and we'll be making announcements about that stuff pretty regularly no that's fantastic yeah i'm I'm very glad that like the in like the local scene it has some kind of platform to um to collaborate with because that's where it all starts 
any any great band any great musician like always starts in the local scene like works their way up to success yeah. and it's very i'm very thankful that you you and your team were able to provide that and you're accommodating what you know it takes to do and to run something efficiently like that um as well as implementing other art you know you said that that side store that side store you know you sell other art and such and that's also like another way of putting into a perspective of keeping the community together and everything um i yeah. think art i think art i mean before before we, we end this podcast and i sign off i think art is i don't want to say i don't want to say in like a really drastic way but i think art is um definitely on the verge of just becoming some kind of irrelevance if we can't um honestly get back to a normal society i don't think art would be um i don't think it would be as significant as it is now and to make something out of it like you know i just uh, as a career wise or as something full-time i just don't i just we just need to get over this unprecedented time as best we can like doing and abiding by what the rules are with what the cdc guidelines are and go back to normal but i fear for art in general and the people who work in that industry whatever it is yeah even tattoo artists yeah it's tattoo- just really Go ahead, sorry. No, no, I'm just saying, like, even my tattoo artist, like, hey, he had to cancel his, um, or he had to shut down his store and just, you know, like, couldn't really give tattoos. <laughs> that's a lot of money yeah. that's going out of his pocket. Yeah. I think that right now, just the important thing that we need to be doing is just finding ways to, rem- to create options for people that, like, to, to, like, as a stream of revenue and stuff like that to create. But more importantly, to just remember the value of it and put like put like lawmakers and stuff like that to task and remind them the importance of, of certain industries and the impact that it has. And unfortunately you have to like make the argument from like a really economic standpoint sometimes of like, this is how art brings things to other businesses, but cause they won't find the inherent value in it. But it's, it's just important to remind people what the value of, of it can be. And how important it is to make sure that we maintain that we don't that we don't let entire industries and entire factions of people sink into despair, which is why I mean I'm incredibly infuriated about the uh, the unemployment situation right now. Like I, um, not even on my own. Like for like I mean I was enjoying the benefits of it too, but like that's irrelevant because I'm like lucky enough where like I'm not going to be screwed. But mm-hmm. I mean I. I, I went to school for theater and like I I've worked in theater for a long, long time too. And like that industry, I mean the music industry is, is right there too, but the, the theater industry, there's no, there's no drive-in shows. There's no live streaming for it. Um, and, and every 90, like I think it's like 97% of the people that work in that industry are unemployed right now. And they're, their unemployment benefits have just dropped to whatever the state level is if their state has decided to extend their benefits if they've paid into them long enough. So like, I mean, you have an entire industry of people that, that are, that are currently abandoned. And I mean, like that is, it is insulting. It is disgusting. It is the, like, these are, this is the livelihood of people and like not finding the value in it when when that value is taken advantage of during the normal times to to bring business to cities to bring like it it's 
it's insulting and it's it's just and frankly it's like i think it's bordering on evil to to let let those things happen and let people um and let people's lives lives collapse especially when the spread of the virus in this country is entirely because of poor management and poor leadership it's so. terrifying it's terrifying for them <laughs> i like it's and you're 100 percent right dude like there's there everything that you said in that statement is completely correct and the thing is like you need to extend these employees their benefits and you shared an article recently from that from onstageblog.com and you can't just let these people just you know but like all right you're on your own now oh you've been doing theater you've been doing this kind of artwork for your entire life and that's all you know well figure it out because you're not getting the yeah. benefits that um everybody else is getting so boohoo you no that's fucking inhumane and it has yeah. nothing to do you know with other people like that are able to work with a blue collar job or something in real estate or sales whatever the case may be but like th th these 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 people have lives and feelings and families and like like if you were a, a, a famous a phenomenal broadway star and like that was your gig and that makes your living you're not doing that anymore you're not right, like, like what else are you like, doing people were making like real money going to unemployed like in a matter of and like it, it just it's so it's such a sudden shift for so many people and like and it is there's just been a lack of understanding of the actual impact that this will have and i hope that at the very least things on the unemployment front get resolved in the next couple of days i'm hoping but you know congress is out till monday at least so we'll see yeah i would but, hope i would hope so too but i mean it's just the fact that there's uh, uh, a group of people or a handful it's not a handful it's more than a handful but people like if it has if it hasn't affected them they're not going to think otherwise of what's happening to other people and that's yeah. a hard mentality to even consider of a human being yeah. like i always try to play devil's advocate and say like well let's put myself in their shoes for a second like how how do they go about their lives and how they go about trying to support themselves and yeah you know and having that conversation if I can the opportunity with them, but I'm not going to sit here and say, well, they should be fine. Like go get a job at a, at a warehouse. It's like, well, they were probably making three times the money at a warehouse and now they're complete, you know, stripped of their talent and their, their livelihood is taken away from them. So you're going to make, make them start from scratch. Fuck yeah. And hiring man. right now is like, I mean, th there's also like the ability to get a job, which is incredibly hard right now. I mean, most industries have people that are looking for jobs that have already worked in those industries. So like to insert yourself into an industry you're unfamiliar with is like, I mean, it, it would be like winning the lottery for some, for some people. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, no, you're right. And the jobs that you are able to get, if you get it, they're not going to be as, you know, well, you know, rounded as what you used to have or like what they are now. Like, for example, I have my CDL and I, and I drive trucks for a living in a sense. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I got my CDL before this pandemic happened. Like I want to say like, four or five months before this pandemic pandemic happened if i did not get my license you know before the pandemic and it was like either during or after i would not have my license and like you you can't like i can't go get it like you, the dmv the the education programs that like are giving you opportunities to get something like that you know and that's not that job's not for everybody but what i'm saying is like it's not you know, available. Like, like the access. It's not is available. So you, yeah, yeah, that exactly. access is not there. You're shit out of luck. I mean, people go to an education to get it, and it's like, 
you're not allowed to physically be in the same uh, truck as with anybody else. It's like everything's completely flipped backwards. Like, so let's just take that into consideration. But it, you know, the best that we can do is literally just try to support each other, support the communities and have an understanding and try to find solutions for this. Um, which the clubhouse has been doing day to day. You guys are, you guys are really doing it. Like, yeah. And I, I appreciate that. You know, like I, I take interest in anybody who comes on this podcast because like, I want them on this podcast for a reason. And Kevin Torres from Poeta is like, dude, you should have Jimmy. I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. I'm going to hit up Jimmy. Like, <laughs> I was like, this dude has been knowing what he's doing since the beginning that I've known you. So, but everybody's like, good. Yeah. Everybody's good with the family. Everybody's good. You know, with quarantine and everything like you guys are okay. Yeah, we're all right. I I hope the same for you. Yeah, no, we're good. Yeah, okay, home, good. working from home is pretty beneficial. So I definitely it's have the privilege that most people don't. Yeah, yeah. So I take that like take that into consideration. But thank you, brother. I really appreciate you coming on. Um, yeah, and seriously. Then, and anybody that wants to reach out to Jimmy for uh, local bands in the New Jersey area of Tom's River and Ocean County, um, e- e- even in like the Philadelphia area, they're doing a lot of incredible things with live promotion. Uh, live streaming, car drive-in uh, shows, drive-in shows. So you can see them at, on Instagram and Twitter at the Clubhouse TR. Um, there's a website, I believe, right? I'll post that when this goes. Yeah, it's the Clubhouse TR.com. And then our Gmail is the Clubhouse TR at gmail.com. So it's all the same thing, just in the different spots. Yep. This, and this let's just keep building this community and keep doing good things because it's going to it's gonna thrive when we all go back to our normal living yeah, uh, and, if you, and check out our YouTube channel too. I'm gonna throw that in there. We've got yeah, throw that YouTube of, channel like, there. Tons of good quarantine content in there of local bands. So uh, YouTube.com/slash/TheClubhouseTR. And you might find your new favorite band. I know I will. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I know I will. There's some really, really like underground talent that needs to be fucking showed. Like yeah, so. Teenage Halloween is like literally my favorite band, and we just uploaded a video with them the other day. There was a, cool. hold on before I sign off. I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna shout this girl out. She was on YouTube. She was phenomenal. Like she kind of just gave me this like folk soul vibe. Um, on a, on our YouTube channel. Yeah, she was an independent artist. Uh, she was blonde hair. Was it in one of our older ones, like Inside? Yes. I'm guessing Gianna Marie. Yes, that was her. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god, dude! She, her voice is just immaculate. Like I have so never cool. heard anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, her voice reminds me like a little of Dolly Parton. I think oh, I think fuck. her voice is incredible. I never even made that comparison. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah. So my mind I'm a is huge just Dolly blown. Parton fan. I want to get. I want. I want a tattoo of Dolly Parton. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sick, dude. I just. I did ever. As soon as you said it, my mind was like, like it made that connection, like yeah. immediately. I was fucking saying, but dude, but thank you for coming on. Um, thank you for supporting the community. Thank you for being involved and taking your time. And, and the, to the whole team of the clubhouse, like, thank you. Like, this is exactly what we need to keep art, you know, being brought to life and to keep flourishing. And thank you for everything that everybody's doing. You guys are doing something thank right. You. No, Thanks for, for sure, man. Yeah, dude, absolutely.